It's like, <laughs> it's so easy to, it's like Debo and Daka and Tess, like just light it up. Like that's a first, like a, maybe not a first cycle, but a second cycle that probably goes down in the annals of bodybuilding legend, mythical second sometimes first but first or second third cycle gains as this is how i put on 60 pounds in one year i mean it's just been right i mean don't you think yeah what cycle has ever been better than that what's up guys welcome back to wait what show are we doing again blood sweat (laughs) it's like three days three podcasts in a row i don't don't recognize the guy in the middle what show is this yeah What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by you guys, everybody at Patreon. Thank you guys so much for taking part and helping to make this thing happen. This is literally like a full-time job for me that doesn't really pay except for Patreon and some little sponsorship stuff. So I really do. I appreciate you guys helping to support the programming because that helps me to be able to put more time into all of this. I'll have links to Patreon below. We're also brought to you by truenutrition.com. Been brought to you guys by True Nutrition for a long, long time. Uh, you can use our code THINK. They're high-quality supplements. Hit me up if you have any questions about any of them. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca for all sorts of great blowout deals. And those deals change week to week. So be sure to keep frequenting the website and see what they have available. And if you are in the UK, check out Strom Sports Nutrition for a lot of great health supplements and performance supplements. Gentlemen, we had a lot of good uh, feedback on the last Q&A episode. Like people really got into that one. So we're back to do another Q&A. You guys ready for all this? Mm -hmm. I do have a question um, for Andrew. And that is this. Do you do you catch like I do when Scott downplays how much money the show makes? Because <laughs> like he already knows what we make and it pains him to pay us the amount of money that he already paid. But he just wants to make sure we don't go back and try to like renegotiate. What is it? It's October, so December yeah, contracts are up. Like middle of December, soon. exactly. We'll be negotiating again. He's got to make sure that it's out there. Yeah, you know, I'm not making very much money. Yes, you are. <laughs> the truth <laughs> is, if I were to break it down on how much I make from the podcast, it would probably it would be under minimum wage. I can guarantee. I can guarantee you guys that. But you know what? At the end of the day, though, I have a passion for doing this stuff. And in fact, I was a fan of listening to you on podcasts long before I even, before you even know who I was, Skip. Literally, yeah. like five, seven years before that, I was listening to your shows. And look at us today, you know? Yep. It's pretty cool. Seven, eight years older than I was then. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, let's just dive into this thing. Uh, and by the way, shout out to everybody who's hanging out live. I see that Bill is with us. And I see that Matt Blevins is with us. Matt does not have a job yeah. because he's usually yeah. commenting at night. And now he's commenting at noon on a Wednesday. Right. So. right. Well, Andy goes, it's going to be a great Wednesday. And I could see, I saw uh, Skip's face when he read that being like, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> it's just Wednesday. It's not a great Wednesday. The, the shit I've already been through today. Like, <laughs> and, and Andrew, that's Bill that I showed you the pictures of the other day. He's got, okay. he's made some, so we'll have to do uh, like oh, a. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do uh, um, like a client critique or you know client uh, client sure. shout out thing at some point down the road, and he's got to he's got to be in that one. But let's just dive into this thing. Um, 
Oh, and speaking of clients, we had one of my clients who commented on uh, YouTube. Which, guys, if you want to take part in the next show, we'd love to have you just comment on the YouTube page, like DMs and stuff like that. Not a great way to get the questions on the show. They're all together if you comment on the latest episode. Uh, so this is from Damon. He says, uh, best group of guys uh, talking shop. So I'll ask this again. I guess he threw it in before. Um, do you have an explanation on this? Okay. He said he had the literally like the worst chest workout, garbage, mind, muscle connection, suboptimal pump. Yet he woke up two days later with pecs sore as hell from top to bottom and he can't make sense of it. Oh, you want that, Andrew? I mean, I got a couple ways to go with it, but it could be that your body's ready for a little bit of a break. I don't know what your training cycle is right now. Um, I'm in that same boat myself. I had a horrible chest workout yesterday, and by horrible, I mean weight was down like a good 10 to 15% missing reps. And Monday was the same way on legs. And for us, me and my training partner, he kind of had a, the similar response with his uh, with his training. Um, so while I'm sore today, I'm realizing that it's kind of time for a deload. So, um, you know, tomorrow through probably the following Friday will be um, like pump workouts. We'll pull one training day out for the week and kind of take it easy. So, so it could be just ready for a deload. Got a question for you too, then that is on this topic. Do you think it's possible that we give soreness way too much credit for a oh, lot for of sure. shit? I mean, obviously Absolutely. it's a game, you know, and we all want to feel it. You know, well, I didn't train. You know, we're all guilty of saying it. I trained yeah. for 40 years. And I still catch myself thinking, God, I'm not sore. I probably didn't train hard enough. But we have that connection yeah. between soreness and it being effective to the point where if we're more sore, it's more effective. And that's not mm -hmm. necessarily the case. It's, oh, no. I think what I'm saying is the connection between the soreness and, and how productive a workout is shouldn't be as connected or as black and white as we want or we tend to make it in the industry, not us or yeah. just the but a large majority of us, I guess, if you think about I it. I would say in his case, um, I would I would say that's probably the case for him right now. If he hadn't have said that he felt like he had a really poor connection, mm -hmm. um, I, like he didn't feel like he had a great workout overall, like not just basing it on like, like if he had said, man, I freaking blasted through my workout. I hit, you know, a PR or I did this or that and I'm not sore, why, why am I not sore? I'd be like, well, the soreness doesn't really necessarily equate to whether that was, you already said it was a great workout. You walked out of there feeling like it was an awesome workout. You beat some new numbers. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think if that were the case, maybe it could be too much association with soreness uh, equating to a great workout. Okay, let me play the other side then. Let's just say he didn't get a couple reps. He didn't PR something because he had a without even knowing it, he had a slower tempo. He had yeah. more control. There was a variable that changed. Maybe he trained a little quicker um, than he normally would. You know, if you train 30, he had felt like he was recovered in between, but he wasn't. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is there might be, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I just, when you walk away from something, the satisfaction from a workout. Okay, here's a better way to look at it. Someone who's trained for a long time versus the guy asking this question might have trained for like six months. No, he's a client those of mine. Two people, like I said, he, what's that? He's a client of mine. He's an old timer. Oh, now. okay. He's, he's okay. like, right. he's, yeah, he's like, okay, when I say old timer, apply. I mean like our age, okay. a couple years older than me. All right, me. then that wouldn't apply. I guess my point was just that yeah. some people will look at, oh, okay, this workout wasn't that good. And it could be something 
that we might not agree really plays into mm-hmm. whether a workout was good, but I missed that part. So I, I wonder, sure. so here's another factor too. He has a very interesting job where he works, mm. I believe it's seven days, nights, mm. seven days, days, Oof. seven days off. And he works 14 days straight split schedule. Yep. And, and then, then he gets seven full if days I, off. If I have that correct, uh, I believe that's yeah. how it's set up. So I just wonder too, like what effect is sleep having for him and then hydration, you know, cause I feel like if I've gone into the gym, like just wrecked from work, maybe not even wrecked, but just like, you know, long work day, maybe wasn't paying as much attention to my hydration or I put a little bit more output into work. Then I get into the gym and it's like, eh, that workout really sucked. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I've had that happen. Yeah. So I figured I'd throw that out well, there. Well, there's absolutely something to be said about, you know, disrupting a circadian rhythm. Right. Especially, you know, whether you're awake for seven days and then you automatically flip it to being awake during the nighttime and, and then that constant flip flop back and forth. That's confusing, you know, the, the whole adrenal system big time. Um, there's really, I'd love to give them a solution for that because, but unfortunately, there just isn't. Like in my case or in my uh, experience, it's better if someone always works nights. Yeah. And then has the daytime off or always work days and have, you know what I mean? It's that flip flopping back and yeah, it's that flip flopping back and forth because you got to completely adjust your circadian rhythm over and over again. And you got to keep in mind, there's so many things that your circadian controls, you know, when you go to the bathroom, when you have a bowel movement, you know, when your appetite kicks in, um, you know, just to, to name a few. So when you're most awake, you know, when you start to get tired. So those are some some factors. Maybe he was just a little tired because his body was thinking that, let's say he's training at five o'clock at night, he should be sleeping right now because of what yeah. his schedule. Yeah. And, and the way I've kind of looked at it with him is I felt like, okay, so we have one week where he works days, one week where he has off, and then the one week where he works nights. Let's get all the progress we can in those first two weeks and then hopefully not slide backwards on that third week. Like try to do. But I've seen it. I'm sure you guys have too. like um, another guy work with Charles. He'll occasionally get thrown on nights like once Mm -hmm. every eight weeks or something. He's like, yep, I got to go to nights for this entire week. And like when we've been doing a contest prep or, you know, dieting, like the progress just stops. You can see it like the the progress. I I worked with and then just like stress in general. There's a guy, Javier, who was a nurse working with patients that just got out of open heart surgery, like stabilizing them. So, like, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a stressful thing. And he would, uh, you know, we we prepped a number of times. Everything was pretty consistent show to show. And then he got switched to a night shift. And just that alone, like the amount of work he had to put in to get to that same condition was far different. Like, and it really, at that point made me realize like just how important sleep is. And like you were saying, having that good circadian, circadian rhythm, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So what should you I do next week? Because I was fucking around with my lights for the last two minutes. Sorry. That's cool. We got to move on anyway. We had so much stuff. Um, all right. I'll just jump in with whatever we have here next. And it would be this one. Question for the next episode. Does trend uh, have other benefits than its anabolic muscle building effect, like nutrient partitioning? I know there are no, quote, cutting drugs, but I think 
uh, many of us have experienced an improvement of body composition when on trend, even in the off season. If you were to follow the same diet and training, but were on test in a trend cycle, or let's say test an NPP cycle, would you end up with a different body composition? It's actually a really good question. Yeah. Well, hard for me to answer. So while I'm actually kind of, I don't know exactly how to fucking answer it. Um, They all part, all drugs to some degree, there's nutrient partitioning, but how do you, how do you explain the difference between trend? Cause there's, there's a difference Uh, aromatization, but that's not, that doesn't make up all of it. How do you, how do you explain it? Well, well, I would say, okay, diet, training, sleep, all of the variables being the same. You're just doing test and trend versus test and NPP, right? We, we can yep. say that. I will say your body composition will probably be within 0.5% of each other, maybe a little bit more favorable in the trend, but probably the same. But visually, the look that we see on you will be sharper and harder on the trend. Yep. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, we can we can all pretty much agree that it's not. Well, I'm not going to put you guys in that spot. I'll say me. I don't have never subscribed to the fact, and and I know that it is something that a lot of people in the industry, maybe not even trainers, but people, say that basically trend will lean you out more than any other drug. And I don't. I'm if it, if there's anything there, it's so incredibly minimal that I don't want to give it any credit for that. I just don't, I can't subscribe to that and go, yeah, there's a definitive difference other than it being incredibly minor. Do you, are you guys, do you agree or do you think there's more to it than I do? I, I like 95, 97% agree with you. And here's the thing. Most people are usually incorporating trend and not NPP in their preps. So we're all biased to thinking that trend cuts you up because you are, cutting up when you're on trend. Right. Um, but let's look at another way. Like, do you guys ever kickstart someone's cycles off with trend because they're deep mm. in the off season? Maybe they're a little sloppy, not for the nutrition. but not, yeah. not really, yeah. not personally. Yeah. I usually would like okay. start with some lighter stuff and then add it in later. Probably. Typically that's what I would have done, but I've been, doing some things a little bit differently with starting people off with, let, let's say we're doing a contest prep, starting people out with uh, with Trembolone right out of the gate, not for a long period of time. We're talking like a four to six week period and then pulling it back out and switching okay. to other compounds. And more so for anything to get water off or to not, to not increase, to not start a cycle with two things that are going to aromatize basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting a kind of a visual of like, okay, what you really look like right now mm-hmm. with a little bit more body fat. So we've, we, we've gotten rid of the water. Now we switch to the other compounds. We, we turn the diet up a little bit more. We'll go back to the trend towards the end of the uh, end of the prep. Yeah. But um, it, it's not a fat burner. It, it's not, it's not clenbuterol. It's not, it's not a fat right. burner, but can we say that there is a small percentage increase in nutrient partitioning as well as an increase in muscle protein synthesis. And it does cost energy to increase the muscle protein synthesis. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, that minuscule, like two to three, maybe 5% difference on crazy genetic responders. Sure. Yeah. I, I think, I think there is something to that. Is it enough 
to say like, hey, you know, I want to use this to burn fat and build muscle. It's going to like the diet is going to be like I think what we're all saying is that maybe trend does have some properties to it that are going to allow that. But what but that percentage is going to be so small versus the diet and the cardio. Like it's it's yes, you could do the same. You could basically still do the same thing with. The, the drug is going to be such a small percentage of well, that real fat loss. Can, you were telling cost us, a what did, yeah. what, what did Phil Heath turn pro on? Well, I can't say because I know, oh, even okay. though I don't like okay. it. Okay, okay. But, but, but it wasn't Trenbolone, right? Oh, no. No, it okay. was not. So, Two okay. compounds um, that you would consider off-season compounds. That's what I'm getting yep. at. Okay. Yep. Long so, ester. Yep. Point being, he did the diet. He did the work. And he got it in shape. And, and I think a lot of the guys in the 80s and 90s, or maybe not 90s, but 70s, 80s, when they were prepping for contests, you know, Test and Deca was like a kind of a staple running the contest. It was just diet, diet, diet. Sure. Lucky guess, but okay. All right. <laughs> I got an Sometimes question. questions get answered and I don't even have to answer them. It works out <laughs> great. Then everybody gets the information and I'm not the bad guy. We were talking about training uh, last Q&A episode, and John said, uh, speaking of, he was referring to John Meadows' programs. He says, John's mm-hmm. programs are my absolute favorite. Uh, I have probably run most of them, and I have run a few multiple times. I love how everything is laid out. Nice show, fellas. So it was just a comment, but when I read that, I thought to myself, I wanted to ask you, Andrew, um, what, would, what would be your favorite Meadows program, and what would be the program that you would suggest to the average person. I ask that because I've had, I've been talking to a number of people lately that have been interested and I thought, Hey, we could share that here. Uh, the avalanche. I feel like that's a really good program. Um, that's my favorite. Why? Yeah. Because you can kind of scale it to your needs. Um, which, you know, you should be able to with any program, but I do feel like it's the best, you know, it's, it's still got the basic mountain dog setup. Uh, it's slightly lower volume than some of his earlier programs, which I really enjoy. And um, and then you can add in extra work. And I know Skip's saying, why do you need to add extra work? You should be hitting it hard enough in the in the first workout. Okay. But, um, you know, the, the, the extra workouts, the pump workouts, they're, they're usually sub-maximal um, workouts uh, to address weaknesses. And, you know, I'll say this. I do my own thing during preps or during um, during the offseason. I respond better to more of a progressive overload DC type, you know, setup. There's something to be said about once prep starts to just follow one of John's programs because it eliminates the thinking. The parameters are set for you. It's tried and true. Uh, he's he, it, it's his exact workouts he did himself. Um, it's just kind of nice to follow along, and it kind of as weird as this sounds. Even now, when I do one, it does kind of make me feel like I'm still in touch with him. Hmm, I could see that because you're right yeah. there. Like you, you, you're doing, I, I love the way it's just the exercises are broken down and they, yeah. you know, you, you have a template to follow that's, that's very specific. There's nothing really well, left to question in it. Yeah. It's made for advanced trainers, but it's something that a newbie could follow with the information that's supplied as to like, why are we doing this? Or here's a, here's a video showing the exact form. Here's a video of me describing why we use this technique. Um, so it's a great program for everybody. I actually send it to a lot of people or I don't send it. I tell them to go to the website and purchase. Um, that's probably the, the number one program. Right. Um, I'm right. going to make a statement real quick about that and I, <clears throat> about his programs and, you know, with him passing and the impact that he's going to have on the industry, uh, you know, for a very long time. 
And I would say, and I know it may seem like a bold statement, maybe it's even a little cheesy, but I believe it or I wouldn't say it. I think his workouts and what he did with his programs and everything else that exists out there will kind of carry on as almost kind of in the same realm, but for lack of a better word, as like the weeder principles. They could oh, yeah. really go yeah. on and be, it, it, seriously, they could really be this kind of legacy of, of like, it, I think it's going to go on to remain very popular and almost like a staple mm-hmm. in bodybuilding for people who come in and may not even have known who he was. Yeah. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. In another 10 or 15 years, I will not be surprised if his, if his training programs aren't as popular then as they are today. Or very close. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. All right. Uh, Trey asks us question for the next episode. Was wondering where the three of you get your blood work done. Um, And this is an awesome show. Thank you guys for all the information. Left that preposition out at the end, but these days it is acceptable informally. I'm just throwing that out there. You left out the word at out of his question. If it were still up, then you would know what I was talking about, but you oh. took it down. Yeah. So not only are we providing bodybuilding information, but there's a little bit of grammar and syntax information in there too. Anyway, <laughs> um, what was the question? <laughs> Where do you get your labs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Private MD, private MD labs, life extensions. <laughs> and guess what? I go to my doctor too. Those are the three main places I go. What about you guys? You guys have doctors? You, you have a doctor? Yeah. Oh yeah. You have a doctor, Skip? I do. I don't. And I do who does all of my, um, and it's funny because people listening may actually have heard me say in the past over and over and over, not to trust your doctor with your blood work because it can go into your, obviously your, you know, your medical file and and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, So I am breaking that rule, but I have a different situation with my doctor that, that I don't. I won't get into the specifics. I'm not sleeping with him, but it's kind of like that. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you a quick story about the last time I went to a doctor. This is probably going back 10 or 12 years ago. And instead of like having to drive two hours, like I do have to get my labs. The the, the one quest clinic that I use is about two hours away. So it kind of sucks. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's like, I got to get up at four 30 and drive there. So I'm right there when they open at six 30 and then it messes, whatever messes my day up. But anyways, I went to a doctor like 12 years ago to get my labs done. And, you know, I was completely honest about our lifestyle and everything. And the guy like, first off, he was like, why would you want to get labs done? And I'm like, I, I just had a blank stare. I don't even know like how to answer that. I'm like, well, wouldn't a normal person want to get labs done to check, you know, their kidney health, their heart health, you know, all these different factors. And he's like, yeah, well, he's like, well, you already know it's going to be bad. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Oh, okay. So it, I should just walk around with a with a medal that says I got bad blood work, you know. But then he goes, you know, Lyle Ozado, right? I'm like, oh god. Player? He goes, well, he had a brain tumor and he he took steroids. What do you think about that? And I go, well, I guess I think that we should like look into every single case of brain tumors. <laughs> those those grannies that get brain tumors and those forty year old soccer players and everyone else in the world that gets brain tumors. They must have been taking steroids, huh? Like, I thought you were going like, to say, we, we better do all my labs then to make sure I don't have a brain tumor, right? No, I just got up and walked out. 
No <laughs> shit. No, I got up and walked out. I got up. I was, I was like, this isn't going anywhere. Thank you for your time. That's my you answer to me. every single fucking time that I have had. I've left an ER when I had yeah. shingles uh, years ago, but I got up while he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm putting on my shoes. He's like, what for? I said, because I'm not going to listen to you. I always yeah. say when I go in and, and I've said it for years since I was young. If the doctor who comes in, I always say this to the nurse, if the doctor who comes in is going to preach to me, I'll leave Mm -hmm. or have another doctor come in because I Mm -hmm. will not listen to it. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if I'm honest enough, because there are times like when I tore my glute and I had Mm -hmm. that in, you know, issue with my hip because of an injection, they kind of had to know. So there are times where when I go in, I do have to know. And quite frankly, when I don't tell them now, I'm sure it, my past history is in those those records anyway so i might as well tell them but the point is i fucking do not do and i would encourage really i'd encourage anybody this isn't the 70s anymore where you go to the doctor where, that your parents went to that their grandparents went to right that's right who actually told me protein powder i was 15 years old mm-hmm. to, while he's giving me you know how like when you're you're young and mm-hmm. you're getting a um, hernia check and you like I just making conversation because I felt, you know, so uncomfortable because he's like down around my balls and shit. So I'm like, uh, wait till you get a little older. Yeah, no shit. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's always, I bring him flowers then. It's a little more intimate. But but I asked him about protein powder and he said, without even looking up or taking a breath, he's like, yeah, that's the devil's food. And the I'll devils. never forget the the devil's. Now was in the, you know, it was 82. The devil takes protein. The devil's food. So my point is you can shop around for a doctor now. So if you don't get the answer that you want from your doctor, seriously, shop around for a more progressive one, whether it's testosterone or anything else you're doing, put your shoes on. You can't really Mm -hmm. walk out. It's funny. They, they tend to, I swear they don't give you the advice till you're in that fucking gown too, because it makes (laughs) it a little bit harder. You just don't feel as alpha in that gown as you do in your pants or your shorts. When the wind's t-shirt. blowing through the back of it. <laughs> exactly. You just don't feel as tough. Like, I'll fuck you up. But not till I take this gown off and put my regular clothes back on. But to get your shoes on, get the fuck out of there. Don't even listen to it. I got some advice. I got some advice for doctors. Um, I found my first doctor in bodybuilding through talking to other people locally that competed. And um, I got a hold of uh, a lady who she was a DO and she is she was a former competitor. She since has retired now. And she actually was really cool that she had a separate notepad and she took notes that were off the record. So I really enjoy and I felt a lot more comfortable with that because I didn't want anything on the record. Uh, Now I'll do all of my labs on my own. But then I also will get labs done through my family doctor. My labs aren't aren't like crazy anymore. And and when you have a health condition like the last two years I've had from having caught the the C word, um, I've had to see my doctor and get labs done on a much more regular basis. It's nice to be able to have insurance pay for that stuff. Um, but I just got my labs done. My hematocrit's high. But it's because of my lungs, unfortunately. It's at 57 right now. So I'm trying to fix that. But literally, like, everything else is the best that it's been, like, in a decade. Like, my, I usually have low HDL. And my HDL has come up 10 points. And my, like, cholesterol is looking really cool. So I was, like, I came out of there feeling really good, except for the hematocrit part. Um, mm-hmm. And I was getting ready because the re- one of the reasons I went in is I wanted to get I wanted to get on cycle. I was like, you know what? It's time yeah. that I crank some shit. And then I find out my hematocrit's high. So I'm going to have to wait a little bit longer. But um, I would say, like, ask around. Talk to people that are in the bodybuilding community. Well, you know, you could better find someone that way. 
were going to say, Andrew? I was going to well, I was going to say, if anyone wants to get their labs done, they can reach out to me. I've got a whole bunch of tests set up specifically for bodybuilders, female, okay. male. Um, I, I go through direct labs, and they do, they, they shop their workout to Quest Diagnostics to do yep. the actual blood drawing. And Vermont's the only state that has, like, one Quest facility. Every other state in the union has, like, like, Florida has, like, 50 in every, like, block, I feel like. I wonder if it's the Northeast, because I worked with a guy in Maine, and he had to drive, like, five five hours or something like that. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah, but, it's weird. We used to have one right down the road, and then that shut down. So Victoria yeah. has people go through Alta Labs, and mm-hmm. she does the same thing, set stuff up with you know like labs for people there. And I've seen Alta have good deals where like you go in to get you know you you start selecting what you want, but then they also have like weekly specials, and then you can yeah. like tack on vitamin D for like five dollars and ninety nine cents. It's like why not? And oh. Before you know it, you know you got yeah. a whole bunch of stuff you didn't even plan to get, but it's cool to see, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I guess you hit the wrong doctor. You know, then I agree with you, Skip. Then find somebody else, right? Yeah, get the mm-hmm. hell out of there. I'm not saying not to listen to doctors too. By the way, I mean you yeah. guys know. For the record, you guys know, but the, you know maybe some of the listeners don't. I'm not. I'm not one of those bodybuilders who thinks that I'm smarter than every fucking doctor. I I hate that. I hate when people act like doctors are stupid and you know bodybuilders are so smart because this is what we do. <laughs> there are things that we know a lot about because it's more in our wheelhouse, and there are things that a general practitioner may not know. They know a little bit about a lot of things, but to to ever think or imply that a doctor, well, I'll say it because I'm not very fucking smart. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't want to see their SATs next to mine. I don't want to compare them. I don't want to compare grades. They're just smarter than I am. That's just the reality of it. But when you're preaching to me and you're talking down to me, I don't, I, I'm, I'm a grown ass man and I'm not going to fucking deal with that. So I'm putting on my shit and I'm fucking leaving and I'll go see somebody else. Well, the thing that I just don't go ahead. Well, I just don't like um, like traditional medicine, and and actually, I would actually go see a DO um, versus an MD usually, because I feel like DOs are a little bit more open minded. I feel like MDs they're trained on a very one track train system, and they don't like they're not up in they're not up on nutrition. They're not up on supplements that can mitigate some things. So they're in their mind, it's like just quit doing that. You know, it depends, though. That's like, you know, my my experience with with MDs, I should say. Yeah, because like I had a doctor my first time getting labs done as a bodybuilder. uh, He told me that my liver was basically going to fall out. And that, like, I well, basically, I mean. yeah, I was basically on the way to dying, you know, and I'm in there worried grow that in a Petri dish. That's not even a concern. And that my kidneys, kidneys looked bad maybe. and there was this okay. heart damage and all this. And then my, uh, the, the nurse came in and, and I said, gosh, you know, doc says that I, I'm in real bad shape and I'm really nervous at this point. And she was like, oh no, he was just trying to scare you. He was like, she I mean. was, she was like, you're ALT and AST. She showed me and she was like, okay, so these are double digits and they're a little high. And guess what? I was on cycle. She was like, but those are double digits. She was like, when they get up to like quadruple digits, that's where we get real scared, you know? So, yeah. I had a surgeon. I brought two girls down to get their, well, I make it sound weird. So one of my clients came down with both me and Rachel to get their breasts done together with a surgeon. No, it sounded better the other way. I brought these girls down to get their boobs done. I brought these girls down to get their boobs done. Yeah. You and Rachel had two sides. Anyway, (laughs) get in the chair, girls. The other girl 
the other girl was, had just finished a contest like three or four weeks prior. And, um, you know, they, they do the blood work the day before the, um, the, the, the surgery just to make sure everything's good. And her labs came back with their liver enzymes four times elevated. And he looked at me because I was in the room with all them. And he's like, what do you have her on right now? So this is a doctor who knows what we do. He knows yeah, yeah. the sport. He's yeah. he works with supermodels. He works with like tons of like, you know, anyway, um, I'm like, we didn't even use Clen. Like we she's completely natural. And he just like looks at the paperwork again. He goes, eh, surgery's still on. And yeah, everything went happen. So my point being that I think when people see a little bit of red next to their blood work, particularly with the liver enzymes. Yeah. Yeah, your first inclination is, oh my God, there's some red marks next to my my liver enzymes. It says they're high, like my liver is this or that. A doctor, a trained surgeon who train who does implants on people and other surgeries, you know, probably twenty a week. He's very successful. Didn't even raise an eyebrow over en- uh, enzymes being four times elevated. Yeah. Do you guys know uh, Vic? He listens to our show, Vic Bort. He so he posted this four days ago. He said, three days out from my show. Thanks, guys, for keeping me entertained while I wait for my carb up. I don't know. But that, you sent, that doesn't You sent up. me some questions through uh, through a DM also, Did the he? ones that I sent you. I just wanted yeah. to say shout out to him. And I don't understand the math on that because we're recording this on Wednesday. If he's three days out, that would have been yesterday. What show's on Tuesdays? Like the Mr. Publix. Well, but that would only be funny to if you lived here because that's the main grocery store. So forget that joke because it was really stupid. Jason Publix. Genova shopped at Publix. He worked there, actually. I, lo- I love Publix. You're shitting. Yeah. You like Publix, too, huh? <laughs> they're way better than our grocery stores up here. Oh, you Are do they? have them up there. Okay. I didn't know. Oh, that. You guys no, no, no. Them? I'm saying they're, they're, no, we don't oh. have them up here. I'm saying when we're in Florida, we absolutely oh. love Publix because they're way yep. better than our grocery chains up here. Yeah. Does Jason Genova still podcast or, or still do videos for you? I haven't heard that name in I don't know how long. I'd That's what I think of because he used to work for Publix. Yeah, you don't know where he was because that would be down in the south down here, right? Yeah, he was in Florida. Like I think he was like near like Delray Beach. He had friends there or something. Oh, shit, for real? That's yeah. like 45 minutes south. You could do like a podcast. We could get him on the show. I could. Yes. Oh, we could. I could have him come. Yeah, I could have him come to my I wonder if people so still know. Like I, I'm sure he still has his own following. But he remember he was really big for a while. He blew up. He, blew he really up. was. Something had to happen if he doesn't still have, you know, minions. Then he get hooked are... up with like PJ Braun. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, PJ tried to diet him. With... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was like part of Blackstone. Of... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Speaking of was Aaron, did he ever go to jail? I think that's so. A yeah. Terrible segue. I think he's currently currently in. I think. Oh no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Um, Hey guys, I'm going to take a brief pause to shout out our advertisers. I'm going to try to make this quick, but keep in mind, they're responsible for helping us to put these shows out. If you guys want to support our programming, of course you can do so through Patreon. And thank you to everybody who supports the show through Patreon. I will have links to that below, as well as to all of our advertisers. If you shop with our advertisers, you'll get great products, products that I stand behind, and you'll also be supporting our programming. First of all, check out truenutrition.com if you're in the U.S. I use their hydrolyzed beef collagen every day, and I use their citrulline malate, beta alanine, and EAA on days that I train. They have high-quality protein powders and tons of flavors. Hit me up if you have any questions. Use our code THINK over there. You'll get some additional savings, plus you'll support our programming, and you'll get some high-quality third-party tested supplements. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. 
They have blowout deals on top name brand supplements. Uh, they constantly have different things happening. So be sure to go to their site and check them out. I recently saw Carbolin for like 30 bucks off. I mean, you really can't beat those prices. Plus, they have free shipping over $99. If you're in the UK, then you probably already know about Strom Sports. They're one of the leader in health supplements in the United Kingdom. Strom Sports Nutrition has standalone supplements like NAC and Tutka, and they have finished blends like Support Max, a high-quality, well-priced on-cycle support stat. I've linked below to everything. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your support. All right, what about this? Jose says, question for the podcast is taking D-ball when EQ is in your cycle a good or a bad idea since they're similar compounds? I don't think taking D-ball is ever a bad idea, is it? Shit, my, I remember point. giving it to my nine-year-old daughter. I'm like, that doesn't seem like a bad idea. I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> nine, nine was so arbitrary. Like, she's 18. I don't even know where I got that. But anyway, so she's been taking D-ball for a long time now, over a yeah. decade. What was the other one? EQ and yeah. what? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, they're very different drugs. You know, I mean, they're they're chemically similar, right? So yeah. D-ball is uh, you know a methylated equipoise. So it can be tolerated by the liver. But once you methylate it, it's like a totally different animal, right? Yeah, yeah choose on your liver like a Pac-Man does. Like if your liver was dots, yeah, I must be feeling better. I guess I you are. I haven't spoken with my hands in quite a while. It's still working. Yeah. I mean, anyway. it's not my go-to, but I, I think if someone is seeing positive results from it, why not? You know? Uh, do, you, do you guys use D-ball regularly with people? I Honestly, if there's an oral that I, I don't even avoid it, but if there's an oral I have not taken in 15 years, um, it would be D-ball. I don't know why. I'm Damn. a big fan of Anadrol. I, Anavar yeah. is like, you guys know how I feel about that. You like Anavar? T-ball. Uh, yeah. Oddly. Isn't that, <laughs> let's tell us do a topic on how much I like Anavar. <laughs> no, I mean, my go-to oral would be, especially in the off season, would be Anadrol, personally. Uh, yeah, over D-ball. Yeah, like just... I even love it prep. Just, I think it's fucking awesome shit when I'm lean. Well, Actually, or, yeah, I like prep. prep. Yeah. yeah. But, but see, like in the off-season, you're about as lean as I am when I'm when I'm cutting. So it's essentially the same body fat level and probably the same, <laughs> the same effect in the end. But let's be honest. Instead of EQ, it'll take you guys one second, I'm sure. We'll probably all be on the same page, and that's a big assumption. But trade out EQ for one... Deca. Comp that's what I'm saying. It's like it's so easy to it's like D-ball and DACA and Tess, like just light it up. Like that's a first like a maybe not a first cycle, but a second cycle that probably goes down in the annals of bodybuilding legend mythical second sometimes first, but first or second, third cycle gains as this is how I put on 60 pounds in one year. I mean, it's just been right. I mean, don't you think? Yeah. What they cycle know. has ever been better than that? It just making gifted people maybe, but turning them into fucking monsters in a year. <laughs> Strong as fuck and young, like 19. Like, oh my God, he took that. That's what he took. I'm going to take that too. Oh shit. It's a classic. Well, that's what it was to me when I was young. I mean, that's like yeah. 80s and 90s. I mean, D-Ball used to be, I might even, I'm, I'm even going to date myself more than Andrew on this one. D-Ball used to be in those little blue the little tiny blue bottles, and I should know what the thing is, or or brown bottled um, Anadrol from Mexico, Syntax, Syntax, Syntax. Well, 
You're a lightweight skipper. I was getting them by the palletful, uh, the little pink oh, ties, shit. the five milligrammers that were like, there was like 4,000 in a, in a bag. Damn. Oh, shit. Okay. I never got yeah. those. I, I got, wasn't that one. <laughs> I never got that many of them, at least. The first D-ball I ran, that was my first cycle. I talked about this with Dave uh, Crossland just the other day. My first cycle was 15 milligrams of D-ball for four weeks because that's, like, all I had access to. And I gained, like, 20 pounds, and then I kept, like, 8 or 10 pounds of it, which was crazy. Uh, and they were they were 5-milligram Napasin D-balls with a little... They have a little triangle, little tiny pill about the size yeah. of an aspirin with a like triangle on the front of it. 15 do I get any? Yeah. Do I get any bonus points for buying the Anadrol, brown, brown bottled Anadrol, that syntax? I, I, I don't, I don't I, for some reason that doesn't sound right, but I can picture it with the red label and it was Mexican Anadrol. I would buy six bottles a week straight from a pharmacy. Yeah. Nice. A week. Yeah, straight really? from pharmacy because this pharmacy was dumb enough to have high school kids as interns oh, yeah. in there. I told that story. Remember a that? A long time. Yeah, not I sure. Not the crackhead who this. got busted and took the heat for everything. That's a great story, too, man. <laughs> uh, up. My parents would be like, why does Greg keep stopping over every week to drop off muscle <laughs> magazines to you? Like, I don't know, because they knew that family, you know, from school. It's just, it's funny. Dorian funny Yates sometimes. just said on on the Dennis uh, uh, the Dennis the Menace podcast that uh, D ball was his favorite steroid. It was also his first steroid too. Mm, so, first yeah. love, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the way I felt about it. And I like D ball personally over Anadrol. Anadrol just destroys my appetite real fast. But nowadays, mm. D ball destroys my appetite too. So I, I don't take either of them personally. I think that's why yeah. I like Anadrol when I diet, but I don't usually get ridiculously mm. hungry anyway. I just never take it in, in the off season when I'm eating a lot because it probably would fuck my appetite up too. I don't know. You ever do Anadrol and Trend together for strength in the off oh, yeah. season? Oh, yeah. I haven't in the off season. It's, it's scary. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. In fact, I might, <laughs> we all I might have just started a little something like that. <laughs> I might have just started that very uh really very cycle yesterday. You're fucking kidding me. All right, give keep keep us uh give us notes on that as you go. Yeah. yeah. But the long story short, they're very different drugs, EQ and D ball, you know, way, way different. And I think that's gonna be the case for, you know, all orals. Once you methylate them, they become a lot of times a lot stronger, you know, milligram for milligram than they were before, right? Well, and you're gonna see an immediate aesthetic and physical effect while the eq was going to take a little bit longer to see both yeah oh here's a fun one this is from luke um so a lot of people are working from home nowadays i was just talking to a guy went to a shooting match on the weekend and he was talking about how he had to go through the shift of learning how to work from home during the pandemic and now his company they made like four times the profits and they realized like this is working. Let's just keep it that way. And a lot of people are doing that now. I can tell because every time I leave my house mid afternoon, the roads are packed. Um, Luke says, though, he's talking about like when's the best time to, to train. Uh, and he said, question, best time for you to do. Oh, no, he says, uh, when is the best times to do your work? Uh, like concentration stuff like office work and train. Have you noticed that it's changed over the years as well as off season versus pre contest? Uh, keep up these podcasts. They're so helpful. So a lot of people are working from home now. They could make up their own schedule. If given the opportunity, what do you guys say? 
I think it's odd that my client um, Heisenberg asked that same question earlier, and I sent it to Andrew, and then this guy asked the same damn question. You didn't catch that? Same same no, I question. Did. I did. Different client. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the same person. It's not the same person. Is that what you're saying? No. Huh. Okay. okay. What was this guy's yeah. name? Luke. Luke. Yeah, okay. When is the best time to do your most concentrated work? Is that basically what the question is? Yep. Yeah, versus and when you train. I think we're all might have different opinions on this based off of how, like, for me, I'm a warrior in the sense that when I have emails pocket, uh, piling up, like, those really give me anxiety. So I'm out of bed. I'm, I'm clicking on the computer, and I do all my work for the most part for the day until I go to the gym. You know, because I've always been kind of like you do your work and then you go you get to train afterwards at the end of the day. Yeah. I know a lot of people do much better train earlier in the day and then they do their work throughout the afternoon. I'm the opposite. I, I, I work first, train later. And I think it's easy to say the schedule that we have right now, we probably have it because it works the best and is our best balance between, you know, work and train. And I'm I'm similar in the sense that I have to get work done prior. I split mine up to where it's, I don't want to say it's half and half, but uh, I, I'm, I couldn't go to the gym, and I think it's what you're saying, Andrew, I couldn't go to the gym with things on my brain or seeing that I have emails or, you know, that sort of thing. I, I would, it would probably make me feel anxious. I would rather train earlier in the day. I would much rather like get up, have one meal or two meals and then go. But with me, that would put me there at like four in the afternoon. And I refuse to train when a gym is elbow to elbow or there's a lot of people in there. It's a huge, huge, I've trained too long and I'm too spoiled and I'm set in my ways. I want to train at eight o'clock or nine o'clock every night because that's when the least amount of people are in there. And I have to deal with the least amount of, of people, I, I, I guess. It's about the best way to explain it. So I do and damn near everybody knows, but. So I've done it this way for years, 20 some years. I train or I work late at night because we had young kids. And the only time it was quiet was when every one of my tax exemptions was sleeping. And then I could get shit done and I could think. I'm the type of person that I can't, I don't know if I have uh, ADD or what, but I can't have a TV on. I can't have music on. There can be no sound. There could be nothing that distracts me. Uh, you know, one of the cats come over here by me. I got to pet the cat for three minutes. I, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm easily distracted. So that time late at night, especially with writing, I cannot write unless it's quiet. I just cannot fucking do it. So even when the kids moved out, I figured I've done this for 20 years. I tried doing it in the morning. I don't want to do that. I want, I like it the way it is and I will write it until I die. Fair enough. I, I my day is kind of weird. Because I do, I would say I have two jobs with the podcast and with coaching. So what I generally do is in the morning, I'm editing a show to get it out. Usually four days a week. Sometimes though, it's five to like, we've even done weeks where it's seven. So I literally wake up first thing in the morning and I start working on that. And then anybody that needs immediate attention with their diet, I have them send me their check-in on WhatsApp. That way it pops up. I see it. I know I'm ready for that. I know these people are checking in and then I can do what they need as that stuff comes in, get everything situated. So that's like 637. Then by 11 o'clock, that podcast stuff is wrapped up. The show is out. And then I go ahead and eat again. I usually try to squeeze that breakfast in, eat, then train. 
and then get on with my afternoon. I feel so much more relaxed because I got my workout in, you know, usually like take a shower. I've got my food and then I sit down around four o'clock and then I do my check ins from about four to nine. So like literally I'm on clockwork every day works like that. So the people that aren't like in emergency where like we need to adjust your diet for today, then, you know, mm-hmm. then I have them send it on email. So then I just open up my email and I, by then, too, everybody's checked in. Because sometimes, like, if I start in the morning, you guys know what it's like. You get through a bunch, and yeah. then another one comes in, and another one comes in. So, yeah, I try to just keep every like everything's ready at that point, open up my email. And then I'm also, I think I have ADD as well. So I'm, like, settled because I trained, and I feel a lot more relaxed, and I can sit in front of the computer for several hours. Brings me to another question. I know you want to move on, but I think it's important. It has to do with this. Does your guys, because we have all trained for a long time. I think the longer and the more that I train, the years go by, I get more anxious about my own training that it's almost not, I want to say a relief, but I think it's part of the reason I I would prefer to train early in the day because like Scott said, once it's done, that is behind me. It's not an injury thing. I think it's just a, I want everything to fit together and be as effective as possible. And I give it a lot of thought. And if I train early in the day, it's done and it's over. And then I could move on to maybe, maybe that's why I do it halfway through the day. Fuck. I don't know. I know but what the you point mean. Is I, the longer that my training goes during the day, I get anxious, not only about what I'm going to do in the gym, but the timing of my meals, I, I become kind of OCD with it because I do know, okay, the gym closes at 10. I have to be at the tanner next to the gym at this time. I have to be stretching at this time. I got to be trans. It adds anxiety to where if it were earlier in the day and I don't have to race the clock, then I don't have that. Okay, I'm off by 20 minutes or 30 minutes for a meal, no big deal. But if I get off now, yeah, then it fucks me up, and then I might be racing, or I'm I'm behind because I one of my kids needs something. I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm behind 15 minutes. Now I have to make up that time, either when I'm training or something, or I might come up short because I am a perfectionist in that sense. I do not. I will not train if I had to leave the gym early to not get everything done that I want to get done. And I'm not going to do yeah, this whole, oh, one 45-minute workout where I superset back. I'm not going to do that stupid shit. Not stupid, yeah. but to me it's stupid because that's not how I would program. So I'm going to wait till tomorrow. Fuck that. And I, it doesn't happen very often. But then I make everything happen that has to happen prior to training, and it becomes very – I become very anxiety, riddled with anxiety, and it becomes almost not as enjoyable because of that perfectionist perspective. Do you guys do that, or am I just fucking I can see nuts that. all on my own? I just feel more relaxed personally, like just because I got physical activity out, and then I'm like, ah, oh, now I feel good. I got like my pump. I'm like all ready to sit down and just like relax for a few hours and type. Right. I got all the, all the anxiety out. Because I feel like that nah, late at night once I train and then I go to my computer. Yeah, yeah. I'm just too anxious. Because like, yeah. I guess I really enjoy my life and I know that having the number of clients I do allows me to have my life. So yeah. in my mind, it's like I got to get back to them. you know. And yeah. I've also like built that into like it's just what I've always done. So it's like if I started to change and like slack a little bit or change my schedule. Oh, actually, I did. When I do change it, I get messages from people in the afternoon like, hey, did you get did my you, check in? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though yeah. my policy is my policy <laughs> is if it's in by 10 a.m., you'll absolutely hear by me from me by the end of the evening. Yeah. If it's after that, it'll be within 24 hours. And let yeah. me ask you guys this, because I have some people that they could check in before 10 a.m., but they I know they choose not to. Right. Right. So what I do is like you're getting waited till next the next day. It depends but, if I'm still. Also, yeah. Well, hold on. 
Yeah. Okay. But I'm also going to make sure that when I get up that next day, those people that did check in before 10 a.m., I'm getting to those people first because why should of they course. be penalized with a, yeah. with a sh- uh, longer wait oh. time? So okay. like, so like once once I get through those people, then I will start on the people that checked in late the the previous day. Yeah, I think it's for me. It's whether it's chronic or not. If yeah. it's not chronic and it's just on occasion and they have a nice little like, oh, I'm really sorry, then I'm like, ah, oh, you're cool. But if yeah, it is okay. chronic, then I'm, and I would imagine you do the same thing, but if it's, if it is chronic and it's almost like a kind of a lack of respect for the timing in the protocol, I don't exactly. do well with that. And, and here's another example is if it's someone who does, they'll be like, well, they'll hit me on Instagram and mm-hmm. to try to check in and then they no. or text me or do, and it's all over the place. And I, I get frustrated because I tell them this is the system. Yeah, it's yes. been the system for 20 years. If it doesn't work mm-hmm. for you, you need to make it work because I can't mm-hmm. take the other clients of mine and my system that I'm used to and I have set in place and then go, oh, this client doesn't like it. So we're and it's also difficult when all that information is scattered all over the place. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, where I, I can become a bad coach because then I don't remember mm-hmm. something because exactly. it's over here. And that's why I tell yeah. people it, the only exception for me is. Like if somebody like if you're checking in with them every day because you're getting ready for a show, then I just have I know what's going on. I see it every day, you know, but yeah, if you're checking in every five days or something, I need it to be on email. And that's also too. I I can't guarantee that I'll remember seeing something on Instagram or something. There's no guarantee I'll get back to them, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the case that like I'm talking about, like where people are checking in late when you know they could be checking in early this isn't like me just coming up with that it's like i've asked them like hey what time are you going to bed at night you know like what's your yeah. work schedule like it's really like i do some investigating and oh sure. you know i'm done this i'm out of the gym by eight o'clock and i eat my last meal and yeah i'm like okay what time do you get up in the morning and they're like you know 7 30 and i'm like okay and you're still choosing to check in at like noon okay got right. it like and this is yeah. a repeat thing yeah mm-hmm. all right mike asked one he says question for the next episode guys how long can you run different compounds such as Masteron, EQ, and Primo? Is there a point of diminishing returns? Would you say eight to 10 weeks on each? Thank you. Love the show. Thanks, Mike. Hmm. The magic, like, oh, Primo is seven weeks and Mass. Like, okay, here's the thing we would all take steroids 365 days a year in perpetuity if. They didn't have deleterious effects on our health. The reason why we go off of the steroids, it's not because like you need to give it a break or you want to give it a break. It's because it has effects on your health that we try to mitigate. So we know when we do a cycle, we are creating some level of unhealthy, an unhealthy state and some parameters in our body. So that's why we come off the cycle to make sure we get as healthy as possible before we start the next one. So the question's kind of hard to ask because or answer because there's some people I've done their blood work 20 weeks into a cycle and you're like, and you know, their shit's real. Yeah. And you're like, holy crap. And like, I, if I could trade one genetic trait with you, it would be what you have in terms <laughs> of how your body feels with health. Because yeah, yeah. all you have is slightly elevated liver enzyme, like your HDL is still like 46 and, you know, blood pressure is still like 120 over eight and all these other variables. They're all perfect. Maybe just the liver enzymes. It's like, should you tell that person to go off cycle because it's been 20 weeks? I don't know. You know, are they still making progress? That's the other factor, right? Well, that's, that's where I was going to go to. That's where I was going to go to. Now, the other reason why we would pull off a cycle is because your body just needs a break. You've been pushing too hard. You've been training too hard. You're overtrained in a sense. And, Mm -hmm. and your body just, your body just needs a break more than anything. So, yeah. 
Here's something else too that let's say you're on something for 14 weeks or 12 weeks. I just shoot, I'm grabbing an arbitrary number here. We call it 14. And your progress just, oh, I'm not progressing anymore. Up, oh, it must be the cycle. I need to either up the doses or I need to get off. Mm-hmm. To tie your progress into one variable, which is not surprising that most people tie it into gear. <laughs> I think we all know that. Sure. Uh, is incredibly, um, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Just because you're not progressing doesn't mean that it has. Look, the whole idea of anabolic steroid or being in an anabolic environment is just being on steroids. I do think that there is way down the road, because I've seen this, um, for people who are on for, let's just say they're on for three years or four years or something, they do get a look that is different. They can, I don't know how to explain this, and I don't want to mention any names that people would know because then it's, it's disrespectful. But I've had it happen to me because I have been honest and I said that I, you know, I ran a cycle one time for three and a half years when our youngest daughter was conceived and was shocked that that could even fucking happen. <laughs> so I a look, look into that. Like but neither here nor there. A look like What's they that? grew a look? You, never, you didn't explain that. You're like, they get a look. Like they grow more muscle? No, it becomes like an almost. Look. Yes, that's okay. the best way. That's, it's like I knew an that's what you meant. Yeah, stringy look. Yeah, and yeah. then they come off. It, you almost think it's age. I had thought in the past, I'm like, oh, it's age. They're getting older, but that's not what it is. Then you hear that they they come off for a, like six, eight, ten months, something like that. Then they go back on. They look fucking incredible. Like, yeah. like holy shit. And I saw that with a couple people. And then I saw it with six or seven or eight people. I'm like, oh, shit, there's definitely, including myself, you just get this very rundown, like your non-responsive type of look. It almost looks like you're just, you're overtrained. You're not full. You just don't can have I give, that hard look. Can I give a reason for that? For yeah, a, absolutely. A, 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 my hypothesis is uh, nutrient depletion. Because like, for instance, like some anabolics will, you know, for the reactions, there's cofactors for all the reactions that take place to make muscle or to burn fat or to, you know, move water through your body, whatever it is, there's enzymes and there's cofactors involved in all that. I think that has to do with nutrient depletion uh, with those permacycles and not getting the right levels of, I'm I'm not going to say which ones, but, you know, certain nutrients that act as cofactors to these reactions. So you have... You have the gas, but you don't have the machinery operate. You don't have the oil in the machinery lubing it up properly. You like this? Uh, I can see that. The only thing that I would come back with is I don't remember when I was younger. Let's say like I just used a three and a half year cycle for that matter. Mm-hmm. The dosages weren't. I don't want to say they weren't as high. They were actually, they were probably comparable. But when I was younger, I didn't have that look. So I kind of went to, I'm like, gosh, I wonder if it's, it's age related in the sense because the the other people that I noticed they were older too, so I don't and I don't know I'm I'm literally mm-hmm. guessing at this point if that factored into it because I can see w- what you're saying but I know I did not see that at three and a half months the only reason that I got off I think at that time was we had a new baby and I don't even know that I had I don't know what the reason was I don't know if it's because she was because it was shortly after that that I got off anyway maybe you guys wanted I, to try to have a boy. Yeah. yeah, no shit. Try for a oh boy. I only ended up with one boy out of the four. <laughs> All right. Let's rapid fire these because we have a handful more. We can try to get through these quickly. Um, what do you guys think about using martial arts um, to help mobility and as a form of cardio? 
solid 231. Um, yeah, I don't use my mass for anything but lifting. Been wanting to get into BJJ for a long time, and I'm about to pull the trigger. I don't think BJJ is going to be advantageous for your bodybuilding, uh, but if you enjoy it, then absolutely. Like, we're all, we have multiple interests, and if it's something you get enjoyment out of, yeah, you're absolutely going to burn some calories. Um, I guess, is he asking, is it going to take away from his bodybuilding? I think, yes, it on, on some level, you know, just from the energy expenditure, you only have so much, injury, right? You only, you only have, have so much time much. in the day. Yeah. 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 yeah um, but if it's something I, you enjoy, then absolutely. Yeah. Not putting all your eggs in one basket. I tell my clients this in, in short, it's just basically, if you're going to go do something else in conjunction with your bodybuilding, that's fine. If it's something you enjoy and it gives you a different outlet and not all your eggs in one basket, but you can't give a hundred percent to two different things or three different things. So you have to be willing to give up some. You also, anytime you do anything outside of bodybuilding, this is just being completely honest. I'm not telling anybody not to do it, but anytime you do something active outside of bodybuilding, you increase the risk of injury. That's true. Especially that if you're not used to could, that stuff. Right. So Take, it depends on how important your bodybuilding and your training is. It, you know, yeah. you go out and play basketball is a dangerous move because you could have easily have knee, ankle issue, even if they're not major, they're minor and they can plague you during for your leg training and things like that. But um, to each their own, you guys, you know, anybody can do what they want to do. Nick Walker and big Rami aren't doing karate, BJJ, cycling, swimming. They're not doing, they do bodybuilding to, to, to reach their highest potential. You know what I mean? So but it I'll definitely is going to take away to look at my, on my friends list. Uh, this is Vasco. He's with us live. Look at my friends list. Go to find a guy named David Smith on here on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You'll find a guy who is like 260. So, I mean, but yeah. you know what, too? He's been doing it all his life, and yeah. he grew the muscle with it. I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I could see, like you said, Skip, getting really hurt really fast, right? Yeah. I like what he said about BJJ, um, on, maybe on a podcast or something, why he does it. Because, you know, when he goes into a weight room, he's always the strongest guy, the biggest guy. And when he got into the, the mats, he was humbled. And yeah. it was something that reminded him to stay humble, that he could always learn. He, you know, that there's someone out there who could be half his weight that could put him in a pretzel and break his neck in a minute. Yeah. And um, I've always remembered that. And I've, so I have great respect for people of other sports, especially the, the, the fighting sports. He's like a freaking gorilla. He's like a big white yeah. gorilla. He could just like snap your head off. Any minute. Yeah, but he told us he told a story about how like some hundred and forty pound dude like had him like tapping within like ten seconds yeah. of rolling on the mat. You so know? There. Like, yeah. like he could the guy could have ended his life, you know. All right. Uh great podcast. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. Um quick one. When I finish my continuous bodybuilding career competitions and don't actually want to bulk add size, etc. What sort of diet would you suggest to stay lean as possible and not lose size? I know hard answer, but rough info. Uh, as being on a weighed out diet for so long, trying to think of in a few years, how can if ever eat normally and still stay lean? Cheers, boys. Andy from England. <clears throat> For most people without any gifted metabolism, you're never going to truly eat normal and stay in good shape. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have a gifted metabolism, then more power to you. But the rest of us mere mortals will have to continue to watch, engage. We may not have to starve ourselves and that sort of, but everything is going to have to be structured. It's going to have to be accounted for and counted. 
weighed, measured, whatever. Um, so I, I would say this, I mean, and I have done this when I, back in 2013, when I had blood issues and I kind of thought I was going normal and I did for four or five years or days or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that was, you know, I had my set protein intake. I dropped it a bit cause I wasn't on gear or I was on TRT, I guess, but I still dropped it and I had kept it set. And then I, uh, focused on my fat and then I focused on carbs last. And my rule with carbs was just depending on what my activity was going to be that day, what I was going to train. Uh, if there was a higher activity output, then I would have more carbs. There was less activity output, like on a non-training day, then I would have lower carbs. And I still loaded to some degree once a week. It was still very much bodybuilding. And I don't think if you ever do this and do what we do and find out how you need the structure to stay in good shape that you're ever truly going to get away from it unless you have that gifted metabolism. Mm. Yeah, agreed. All right. I'm going over to your questions that you had, Andrew, from Instagram. Um, what different AAS do you use for female clients who are trying to preserve femininity? Lauren got Check her pro card figure this year at the hey, universe. Hell yeah. Congrats she to her. Nutty. Yeah, she looked nutty. Really, it's a tough a show, good, too. I don't think she's ever lost a show. You're kidding in me. In the New England area. I feel Damn. like she did a show like last year or two years ago, won it, did a show last year, won it, and then won the universe um, and figure. So, so just to yeah. point this out, too, she sounds like she's asking, uh, but I, and this is like with complete respect to her, she's asking what is a fairly newbie question about gear. And she's also a pro. Right. So just put two yeah. and two together. You know what I'm yeah, saying, guys? Yeah. <laughs> to answer a question, wait, will you put it up one more time? Just so yeah. I can read it. Um, she said, uh, what you different AAS do you, have, uh, do, you, do you use for female clients who are trying to preserve femininity? So that second part of the question, to preserve <clears throat> femininity, there would be no AAS that you could take in, that will preserve femininity. Like, now I'm saying that as a... I'm saying it as with, with a bunch of caveats, okay? Be, was it fem, was it femininity or was it? Um, yeah, preserve femininity. Okay, yeah. So there, we can't say that one compound will cause this or won't cause this because I have seen with Anavar, I've seen with Primabolin, I've seen varied things with all different compounds. I've seen a girl use Trembolone without having any issues in terms of femininity. So it, a lot of this comes with dose and duration, and we can't yep. make. We, we can't make static, you know, hardcore, this is what it is statements. On but the industry does. It's, the industry yeah, is guilty of it. Yeah. There are still so many people who will chastise and rip you apart for even thinking that testosterone is something good for a woman to take. And that's laughable because mm -hmm. it's such a basic rudimentary understanding of how hormones work that it is... It, it blows my mind sometimes and I totally fucking interrupted. I'm sorry, but that test no, really no. bothers me that issue because I had to deal with it directly with my wife when she had a full hysterectomy <clears throat> in, um, she was only like 33, four, three. And I always like to tell the story that her uterus fell out, which always get, gets a good laugh, but they actually ripped it out in, in no uncertain terms. She had endometriosis real bad. So anyway, we were forced to have to deal with those hormone issues and deal with whether her doctor was progressive or not, because a lot of people at that time, that was mid-2000s, the doctors were just starting to understand and realize that women needed added testosterone 
when they were going through either menopause or they had a full hysterectomy and, and that sort of thing. I think it's far more accepted now. But I mean, if you go back even like into yeah. the 1990s, good luck. Those poor women who went into that were menopausal had to deal with that shitty quality of life because essentially no doctor was even good. Maybe they didn't even know, but they were not going to. Yeah, they were certainly not going to prescribe. You have to really be glad. I'll leave it at this because I can get long winded on this when it comes to hormones in, in women. Women these days need to be really, really happy that they live in the time they do instead of even just as recently as 20 years ago because of these things. And when they do get older and they deal with menopause and they have hormone issues, your quality of life would just go to shit. And you either wouldn't know why or you couldn't have the situation rectified because no one was willing to give the hormone therapy or the hormone prescriptions that you needed. I think it was just came from the association that men take a lot of extra testosterone and men, you know, have masculinizing effects and they're bigger and jack. We can't, which is crazy because it's a bioidentical hormone to women, right? Like women have testosterone too. And, and actually, I don't know with, with a lot of the blood work I find, I do with women, women are across the board, almost always low on testosterone, unless yep. they have like PCOS or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, almost across the board, I think it has to do with, you know, stress. I think it has to do with some of the products that we use that, you know, the plastics and all that kind of stuff that, that affect uh, the hormone distribution. Um, but yeah, you know, just to get back to the question, I th- to give her a plan, I guess should say, and I, and I think she has a good coach, you know, using trying something and it's always dose and duration right that's what's going to give side effects if you're doing too much of something or you're doing something too long that's when you're going to have uh the side effects so like with women i always i I lay out all the possible side effects and i say we're going to start with a little bit of something and we we got to use that see something say something mentality if you see something you don't like tell me and then we can make a change we can either pull it back or we can pull it out completely um but there's just no hard rules that What's that? You come up with that? See something, say something. Is that yours? Af- uh, I think it was. Aphorism? I think it comes from like the. I think it comes with the kids uh, in school. Like, see something, say something, or or no, it's a TSA. If you see something, oh, say something. Okay, uh, all right, because that's. Well, I can't. Good. I can't take the credit, but it, but it, but it makes sense, right? If you see something you don't like, whether it's a little hair growth, or whether it's a voice change, or whether it's yeah. uh, clitomegaly, or. Um, acne or whatever it is, you know, we need to decide as a team, is this a side effect that you're willing to endure and that you're okay with and furthering your bodybuilding career? Or is it some, is it, is it a deal breaker for you? And if that's the case, then when, as soon as you see it, we pull it out, we, we put that compound away and we won't use it again. And everybody's going to be different. That was the other thing I wanted to add too, was sure. that if you have somebody who say is already pre, just like with us, just like with men, if I'm predisposed to acne and then I run a cycle, guess what? I might get back, you know, worse acne. If, uh, if I was, you know, if a female was predisposed to say like facial hair growth, then you put her on gear, you know, you might say like, well, Anavar doesn't really grow facial hair, but guess what? I've known females that have gotten yeah. facial, you know, increased facial hair growth on Anavar. Mm-hmm. It's like, especially if they're, if they're in a position like PCOS and stuff like that, like naturally that stuff might happen, then hell yeah, it could mm-hmm. get a lot worse with compounds that are thought to be, you know, quote unquote safe for females. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the uh, only side effect that I, well, this sounds weird actually. The only side effect that um, I think is acceptable is is when that if they're okay with it is when women say like my my sex drive is increased right that's 
who doesn't want a little bit more of that, right? You know, right. not yeah. to like, not, and I try to say it in a way that doesn't sound inappropriate, which I'm right. watching right now. But, but if like that's the side effect, it's like I try to be like, well, that's kind of a manageable side effect, right? Like that's it's it's not a facial thing, it's not anything that's going to take away from your beauty. Um, you know, if that were the only side effect you get, then you're golden. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got a couple more. Uh, we'll just jump to this one because we'll stay in this vein of uh, questions for females. Paige, she's a regular listener of the show. She said, um, "Why can why can Anavar and Primo pair together? I've done both separately, but not together. I don't think she meant why, think, or just like she's asking. He said, "Why can't." Why can't Anavar and Primo pair together? I've done both separately, but not okay. together. So why can't, not can? All right. I don't know. Yeah. I'd... I was busy reading that comment. I'm sorry. I'm still a little scattered. What, can you put that back up? It's why, why can't, can't. Anavar and Primo be paired together? I've done both separately, but not together. Uh, why wouldn't, why can't they? Does it, we, yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. Did... Did one of you clowns Maybe say that's that a that rule that she heard. Yeah, one of you fuckers said that it couldn't happen. She probably can. works with one of you guys. Yeah. No, I was on a <laughs> no, old episode before this. I was on the uh, show. You guys said I, you couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about this? Maybe I'm assuming. <clears throat> not that it changes it too much, but what if the Prima Bolin is oral? Ooh, because we don't see that much anymore. Then you're not going to get m- any positive or negative no, I made that mistake with a fucking client once. <laughs> this hasn't been that long. This hasn't been a long ago. They dosage. We're talking about dosage. I naturally oh. assumed it was Primo. Who takes Primo tabs? Who can get Primo tabs? I haven't seen them, and I don't know how fucking long. Yeah. I got some three years ago. I was like, but it's relatively but I didn't uncommon, take right? Oh, I okay, didn't yeah. take them because I, I like the, I like the injectable better. I like to try to do as much injectable over oral if I can. But well, the legit um, ones were like what two? What were they like two, two bucks milligram? Pill? There's something ridiculously small. No, these were the these were shit. Five bucks, uh, five, five milligrams of pill. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, just totally. Still, um, yeah, I'm really good today. It's like I'm good anyway. It's segueing away from. Oh, there goes a there, there goes a squirrel. <laughs> Let me go chase it. <laughs> All right. Topic at hand. Let's wrap this. Anyway, to answer the question, yeah. you absolutely can take sure. Primo and absolutely bar together. Um, I'll go on record and say I definitely use it both compounds with women at the same time. Maybe the only fear is using two DHT compounds at the same time. If you're prone mm. to certain side effects, that might be um, a, a reason why a woman wouldn't want to. But I think, I, I mean, I think a lot of us bringing women into the shows that are enhanced. Um, that's kind of a staple in, in a lot of cycles, you know, or you could do like Primo and even Winstrol. You got to remember, I guess, that when you are combining any steroids that you are going to get, like maybe you tolerate Primo okay at whatever dose and then you tolerate Anivar okay at whatever dose. You can't assume that you can put those two things together at the same doses and that you're still going to, you know what I mean? You could, you're going to get a higher, so you would have to consider that, but I'd say outside of that, I can't think of any reason not to. It'd be the same thing though as as if it was a guy that we were talking about combining synergistically different steroids and all the effects of Trenbolone and the effects of Masteron creating this side effect or this feeling maybe of lethargy or whatever. Um, Yeah, I mean, but I guess the answer is no, there's no reason why you couldn't do that or why it doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, classical queen <clears throat> asked one more question here. Um, best off season cycle for chicks. 
man. I know, right? And look, it's I'm going to go on record and say they're pretty much the same. I don't see women going, well, at least like guys do. Guys, because we have, I don't want to say we can use more because that would that'd be counter to what we were just discussing. You use more compounds. But let's be fair. I don't think any of us are going to really go, well, let's see. Say you don't want to lose your femininity. We're going to put you on a little bit of trend, a little bit of check drops, and we're going to see how you do. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm making fun, adding a little bit of levity to it. But the point is, is that's really not what we're going to do. So women are a little bit more limited when it comes to compounds. I Look, and I've said this before, aromatization is really the only difference between when it comes to men. Aromatization is the difference between a prep cycle and an off-season cycle. I'm putting it in very, very simple terms, but okay. that's basically it in a nutshell. That's why you, outside of that, you can use anything off-season and mm -hmm. prep because they're both increasing uh, protein synthesis, which is increasing potentially increasing muscle mass. You're providing that environment to grow muscle tissue. So uh, here's my answer. Um, Anavar and Primo. I mean, just because we were just talking about that. I mean, it's just as an example. You could even say this. You only need one because you have a higher caloric intake because you're in a surplus. So less gear, not, not as a black and white statement, but is a pretty good rule. Less gear in the offseason because you have more calories. More gear during a prep because you have less calories. Did I just say the same thing? More calories no. in the offseason, less That's calories right. during prep. And so you can change. It's just not needed. And for anybody who thinks that food is not anabolic and it, 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 that's just silly go that's 1992 no. like fucking no that made no sense but, but you get i, what I'm I saying. think we did kind I'm of so answer frazzled it. by it yeah, exactly. we answered it kind of i think previously with that last you know yeah. two questions yeah. ago well, so. Paige actually had a follow-up question she's watching live it says sorry my question isn't detailed i've had friends do both together and wondered why it uh, it is is it simply just more drugs so well, yeah, but there there's a synergistic effect, right? I mean, when when we're building contest prep cycles, we're relying or we're hoping that there's some synergy between compounds in terms of because otherwise we would just say, okay, take testosterone. Yeah, just right, more right more through, one right. thing, you know. Right. Yeah, just take a lot of one thing. Um, so just make yeah, sure you don't laugh with different compounds. when you say synergy. Just make sure because that doesn't go over well sometimes. <laughs> Uh, that, was a, that was a cheap shot at Walter if he's listening. <laughs> all right. Just a little funny cheap shot. That's all it was, Walter. Skip's been drinking nips all day before we recorded. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up, guys, uh, for another episode here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. This has been Blood, Sweat, and Gear Coaching Q&A with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally. You can reach out to these guys. If you want to do some coaching, uh, hit up uh, Skip over at teamskip.com. Hit up Andrew at bodyberry.com. And you can hit me up at mcnallydiets at gmail.com. And of course, check out our sponsors, guys. We appreciate you here. Uh, and definitely comment with questions for the next show. By the way, if you're on YouTube, or excuse me, if you're listening to this on iTunes and you've gotten this far into the show, do me a solid and leave us a good five-star review because uh, these, these reviews, I guess, I've just learned this, help to boost us up so that other people will find our shows. If somebody searches bodybuilding and we've only got like a couple of reviews, then people, I've never encouraged, a lot of channels will say that on iTunes, leave us a good five-star review, blah, blah, blah. It turns out that it actually helps. So we could definitely use your help so we can get the show to more people. That's all I got. Thanks, guys. Thank <laughs> you.